I want to share something that is on my heart today. And, and, you know, some messages that we bring from the word of the Lord, they are maybe, maybe not, not in a sense for everyone, even though it is for everyone, but sometimes, in other words, if you preach on marriage, you know, if someone's single, it probably would help them, in, but it's not for them in a sense. Or if you're not sick in body, healing. But there's some messages that are really for the entire body. And that's the message, that's the type of message that I want to bring to you today. And we love the word of the Lord in this church. And we always want to take time. In fact, to me, every part's important and every part is special. But there's nothing more special than we open the holy word of our God today. Thinking about this week and really praying and asking the Lord what he would have me to bring and what he would bring through his servant today, I, I thought about the mercies of the Lord. And we're going to talk about the mercy of the Lord today. We're going to deal with it in three aspects today. Jude, there's a verse in Jude, and this really kind of connects with the message last week about the coming of the Lord. But this is, this is an aspect that has to do with that, but there's something within here, and it's, this will be on the screen for it to help you. Jude 20, and it reads like this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So in the, he's talking here, the background is it's, the church is going through a very difficult time in Jude's time. There were false teachers. They were distorting the gospel. There was this doctrine called, this false doctrine called antinomianism, which, which means without law. And, you know, it, it just was something that they were dealing with. So Jude comes and he's trying to help the church. And then he comes to the end of this little, it's not even a, it's a little letter. It's a little epistle. It's a little, just, it's 25 verses but he comes to this point and he says here in the middle of this, what you need to do as a church, you need to keep fueled up in a sense, spiritually. You need to keep built up in your faith, building yourselves up. We need refueling. Now, how many of you, you bought a new car? Are you going on the first tank of gas you ever filled up with on your car? If you do, you got a special car. No, are you, are you, did you eat one meal when you were a baby and it did, it just went for the rest of your life? Of course not. There's this thing that, that in the natural, but also in the spiritual, we need to be built up. And one of the ways to do that is to pray in the Holy Spirit. And then he says, notice verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. Now look at this last part. Looking for the mercy of of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Looking for the mercy of the Lord unto eternal life. Father, bless the reading of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So what are we looking for today? It doesn't take a rocket science to realize that there's a lot of negative things happening in our world today. In my opinion, our nation's heading in the wrong direction. I think probably most of us would agree with that. When Paul talked about this world, he talked about in Galatians 1, 4, he used this phrase, this present evil age. 
And, and another, he, he would talk about the darkness, that this world is dark. And there are people whose hearts are full of darkness and they're doing a lot of things to just manifesting that darkness. It doesn't take long for us to look around and to see those things. But there's a little bit of a danger for us as the followers of Jesus. And that's this. If we're not careful, we can get more focused on that kind of stuff than we do on what's happening in us by the Lord what's happening above us as our God is moving, and what's going to happen beyond us, even beyond this life. So I'm, I'm appealing to us today as the people of the Lord to get a focus, but, but to get the focus on the right things. Paul said it this way, and this is the New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says this, For our present troubles are small, and he says, and they won't last long. Right. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last forever. So because of that, he said, so we don't look at the, tr at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that, we that cannot be seen for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. There are unseen realities just beyond us. There are things that are beyond this physical, material world that we cannot see. And the world we can see has a time limit. It has a, an expiration date on it. But the life that we have, the eternal life that we have from Jesus Christ will last forever. Come on, and we're going to spend eternity with him. So what we have to do is we have to keep our eyes on the gospel. We have to continually keep our eyes in the word of God. We can't keep it on the problems and the troubles and all the negativity. We acknowledge those things are happening. We don't stick our head in the sand. But what we do is we keep our eyes in the gospel. And as we do that, it'll give us the proper spiritual perspective for time and eternity. And I remind you of this. It says now, this is Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The word substance there means realization. Faith is the realization of things hoped for. Our faith one day will be sight. But now we look into those invisible things into our future like Jesus in heaven coming to get us and heaven itself. So what the Lord wants us to do is he wants us to be full of faith and courage in every situation. Years ago, when I started out preaching, I found this verse, and I'm glad I did because I've nourished on it all these years. It's in Psalms 147, verses, nine, verses 10, beginning. It says that the Lord, he does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure. What does he take pleasure in? He takes pleasure in those who fear him. And in those who what? Who hope in his, in his mercy. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. This is what the Lord is pleased with. The Lord is, takes great pleasure in those who hope in his mercy. Doesn't it sound like what Jude said to us? Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. The fact is, do you know the Lord has 
a blessing waiting for us? The Lord has things stored up for us in his goodness. The psalmist said this, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you in the presence of the sons of men. And then you read a verse. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely his mercy. Could we look at his mercy today? I want to look at his mercy. The mercy of the Lord. I want us to consider for a moment the past mercies of the Lord. Past mercies. The, the, the mercies which have been in our past. First of all, think about eternal mercies. Now, now for, for these moments we have together, we're just going to dig in on the mercy of God. Everything I'm going to say is going to connect some way in some angle with the mercies of our Lord. Eternal mercies. Do you know that in eternity past, uh, this just staggers the mind, it staggers the imagination. But do you understand that God was already planning to bless humanity in eternity past? It was already in his heart in eternity past to bestow blessings, grace, and mercy, and salvation on the human race. Before there was a human race, God's intention was to pour mercy out. Scriptural evidence in Ephesians 1 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavenly places. Notice, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless, without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption of sons, accord, uh, 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 in, to him... Adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Notice, to the praise of the glory of his grace. That's his mercy, his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the beloved. Jesus Christ, our Lord, is literally the fountain. That, that verse, in him, he's, I mean, no, he's the fountainhead of all blessing. In other words, all blessing comes from him. If you want to get blessed, just receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to get blessed, just love God. Love Jesus with all your heart. You want to get blessed, praise Jesus. Worship Jesus. Lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to sing a song again in a few minutes that we sang in our worship service about how, I don't even know how it went, but the grace of God in our lives, how God shows up in those moments of grace, how we can see God moving in the grace. All true blessing is found in Jesus. How I many you know he is the way, the truth, and the light? All blessing is found in him. So there's these eternal blessings. From eternity past, the Lord has planned mercy on us. When my wife and I, we, we had dated for several years, and we knew we were going to get married, and we would have these conversations about what our future was like. And do you realize that before our children were born, we talked about having children, and then I can remember times that we would pray, and we would ask the blessing of the Lord on our children. We didn't know if we'd have boys, or we didn't know we'd have girls, 
But before we were married, we would pray and we would say, Lord, if you grant us children when we're married, we pray that you would bless our children. We pray that you would let them come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. We pray that you would let them follow your divine will. We pray that you would let their hearts be tender to you always. And we were praying. What were we doing? We were doing, in a sense, what the Father did. In eternity past, he went ahead and bestowed blessing on all who would receive Jesus Christ. And what we were doing, we were asking God to bless the children that we would have in the future. I mean, there's eternal blessings, and we thank God for them. Eternal past blessing. And then there's distant past blessings. Distant past mercies. So what do you mean? Well, eternity past mercies have to do before the world was created, before man was created, probably before the angels were created in eternity past. But then there was the distant past when we see the mercies of God. You love the mercy? Say amen. I'm talking about distant past. I'm talking about first century. I'm talking about when Jesus Christ came to this earth 2,000 years ago, he came full of mercy. We read this in the book of John, St. John chapter 1 and verse 16. We read these words, these blessed words. Here's how it said that Jesus came to us. It says, and of his fullness... When you see Jesus, you see God. You see fully God. He was of his fullness. We have received grace for grace. Notice, for the law was given through Moses, but grace, that's his mercy and his kindness, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Have you ever read that verse out of the Amplified? Let's read it. Here's what it says. This is John 1.16. Amplified Bible says, for out of his fullness i.e. abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another. And, the, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. Hallelujah. I call that mercy, don't you? It's the mercy of the Lord. And then Jesus stood one day in the synagogue in Nazareth. This was his home church in a sense. And he stood there in the town of Nazareth where he had grown up. And he, they opened the scroll to Isaiah. And he prophesied and he spoke to the people at his home church. I mean, that's the hardest place to preach in your home church. And he opened the scroll and he read. Jesus read these words. And he said this in verse Luke 14. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. In other words, this is why I came. To, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. The recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. In a sense, he's saying, the Father sent me. I am the begotten Son of God sent, and this is why he has sent me. He has sent me, and the Spirit is upon me. And John says he has a spirit without measure, and he's anointing me to proclaim the good news to the poor and to the broken, and the, uh, that hearts are broken, to those that are bound, and I've come to bring <coughs> the mercy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The mercy of the Lord. Here's the interesting thing. We're in an age of mercy. We're in an age of grace. And I talked a little bit last week about how this age will end. 
And I believe what I said last week was true. I believe prophetically those words are true. That this age will end and, and the Lord will come and bring judgment. The seals will be open. And those events that were prophesied by the prophets like John will come to pass. See, this is why we must, we must build the work. This is why we must build the work. This is why we must win the lost. Because we are living in a day of mercy and a day of grace. We're living in an age of salvation. We're entering in a, a, we're in a time that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But I want you to tell you, his first coming is a mercy mission. He didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world. But that doesn't mean that Jesus will never judge. One day, every human being is going to give an account to the Lord. One day, all of us will stand. Thank God we're not going to stand before the judgment seat, or, or rather, before the great white throne, which is for those who have rejected God's plan and rejected Jesus. But we're going to stand at the judgment seat, and we'll give a, an account of the way we lived our Christian lives, and that has to do with rewards. That's my understanding. But that doesn't determine salvation. But listen, for those who reject Jesus Christ, and those that say no to his plan of salvation... I want you to know one day the, the age of mercy will be over. One day the age of grace will be over. And, and people, in a sense, are going to send their days of grace away. And one day every person will stand before God. The Bible said it's appointed unto men once to die and then to the judgment. But aren't you glad that right now that we're not in that age of judgment? We're in the age of mercy and of grace. And here's our message is this. Our message is that whosoever will may come and be saved. There is mercy for the lost. And we thank God for that. How many know God will hear our cries of mercy? There was a man in the book of Mark chapter 10 in verse 46 Jesus is very close to the cross here in this setting. Mark chapter uh, 10 and verse number 46. And Jesus is heading to the cross. He's heading to Jerusalem. And as he passes through Jericho, heading Jerusalem, really for the last time, and you, you would think that he, he's got his mind on more important things. You know, we get busy sometimes and we can ignore people. But, our, but Jesus was, you know, he had the most important thing that anyone's ever done. He had the, the salvation of mankind on his heart. He knew it was going to happen. He told the disciples, I'm go, we're going to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will suffer with the chief priest and the, the Gentiles. And he will die, he will be buried, and he will raise again on the third day. It was hard for them to comprehend that. And you would think, you would just think, hey, Jesus has too, he's too busy with the eternal plan of God to listen to a poor man, a blind man's cry for mercy. But it speaks to me. When you think of it in that context, when you think of Jesus is going to the cross, he's going to bear the sins of the world, and you think about all that's at stake, and then in that context, you read these words and you think how merciful the Lord is. Verse 46 of Mark 10. Now they came to Jericho. As he went to Jericho, with his, went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude. And, a great, and blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, 
sat by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. See, this man somewhere in his life had heard the prophetic word of the Lord. Someone had read to him, maybe his mother, maybe in the synagogue, I don't know, but he heard of the Messiah that would come, that would be the son of David. And he read where in Isaiah probably that he would open the eyes of the blind and the lame would leap. He had read that and it had got into his heart and he probably said, if I, if I could just meet this man, he would help me. And this was his moment. Certainly, he had heard about Jesus of Nazareth. And I believe the Holy Spirit had put in his heart, this is God's son. Who knows? Maybe Bartimaeus had been sitting by that road, sat praying this prayer. Lord, send Jesus my way. Please, Lord, send Jesus my way. Please send Jesus my way. And all of a sudden, Jesus just came his way. You think that was happenstance? No. You, you say, why is that? Because Jesus said in another place, I do nothing except what the Father tells me to do, what I hear the Father say, tell me to do, what I see the Father. I don't do anything. I believe this is a response to prayer. Now, I'm, you say you're adding. Well, I'm imagining, not adding. I just know it happened some way. I know this man is desperate. Listen to me. You and I may be desperate today. But listen what happens when we cry out to the Lord. Then they warned him, verse 48, to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still. There's, there's a story right there. Amen. There's a message right there. The Son of God stood still and commanded him to be called. Before they were saying, be quiet. Now, buddy's his friend. <laughs> then they called the blind man and said, be a good cheer. Rise. He's calling you. You know, everybody's his friend now. Before, Shut up. You're bothering everybody. Oh, yeah, come on, buddy. Hey, Jesus, this is my friend, Bartimaeus. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? How can I help you? Think about it. Jesus, busy with eternity, busy redeeming souls, no other hope for humanity, but Jesus hanging on the cross. And yet a cry of mercy, a cry of mercy to a man to listen I'm not denigrating this man, but to, a, to an insignificant man, a poor beggar blind by the roadside, insignificant to the world. And yet Jesus heard a cry of mercy. The blind man said, Rabbi, Rabboni, I want to receive my sight. I want to see the trees. I want to see the birds that I can hear. I want to see the mountains. I want to see the beauty. I want to see. I want to see my wife. I want to see my kids. Maybe my grandkids. Who knows? I want to see. I want to receive my sight. 
And he said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. And he followed Jesus on the road. That's the good thing to do. When he's touched us, let's follow him. When he's touched us, let's be like the one who came back. Where are the nine? No, I want to be the one to say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And we want to serve him and we want to bless him. Can I hear an amen? Amen. The Lord's mercies in the past. We see it in eternity past. God saying, God bestowing and planning salvation. We see it in the distant, the mercies of God that is, in the distant past as he's pouring out blessing, as he's moving through Jesus. But what about present? What about present mercies? What about us? There's a, there's a marvelous verse in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21. Remember the old hymn? Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. How's it go? All that I needed, thy hands have provided. Thy faithfulness, Lord, unto thee. This is where that hymn comes from. This verse right here. Now notice this. This is in the backdrop of Jerusalem has been destroyed. Jeremiah has watched the Babylonians destroy and decimate and raise Jerusalem. And then he says this. After seeing Jerusalem, after seeing all that has happened, this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Mm. I'm telling you, no matter how dark and desperate it may seem in your life personally or any other problem we may have, when we recall this to mind, we have hope. God's children never hope. Look at this. Therefore, through, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Notice this. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You realize God's throne is called the throne of grace and mercy. It's there we find mercy. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may find mercy. What is his faithfulness like? Let's, let's just dig in just for a moment here before we conclude this. What are the characteristics of this mercy? Psalm 121, please. Psalm 121 says, this is how, this is a, this right here is a manifestation of the mercies of God. His mercies, look at this, I'll read this. Here's how God manifests his mercy to his redeemed. Psalmist says, Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. For whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. 
The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. You know what that says to me? That the Lord faithfully dispenses his mercy and he faithfully watches over his children. Hallelujah. His mercies are faithful. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He's very aware of what's happening around us. And then in his mercies in Psalm 86, in verse 5, it says this. You will not be angry forever. So I'm, I'm sorry, 86.5. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive, abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Do you, you know what, saints? His mercy manifests itself in faithfulness toward us, but it also manifests in forgiving mercies. He, give, he forgives us in his mercy. We understand that none of us, none of us in this room deserve mercy. None of us deserve forgiveness. And that's why it's mercy. When he looks upon us, he looks upon us, I believe, with eyes of mercy. Look at Psalm 108, verse 4. Psalm 108, verse 4 describes how boundless mercy is. For, for your mercy is great above the heavens, and your truth reaches to the skies. He is, he is using, if you will, poetic language to describe the boundless nature. And he says here, it is, it is great it is above the heavens. It goes beyond the heaven. It reaches above the clouds. It's boundless. That's, that's words of, of boundless mercy and grace. And I just remind you, Lamentations again said, it's because of that mercy we're not already consumed. You know, Satan would have already consumed us, right? He would have already taken us out. He would have already tried. He would have already destroyed all God's people and all his witnesses. But you know what? There's mercy all around us. Thank God for his mercy. I want to conclude this time with future mercies. And then we'll have our worship team come. And I want to conclude with one more time of just one more song of worship. As we go to our week, that we know that his mercy is available. It's present. It's new every day and every morning. The Lord's mercy is not only in the eternity past, not only present, but future. I remind you of Jude that I read. It said that looking for the mercies of the Lord unto eternal life. How many you know that? That is yet future. That is yet future. Have you known the mercy of the Lord? Certainly. I think we American Christians probably been blessed more than probably any people on the face of the earth. And you know where all that came from? That came from the Lord. But whatever mercies we've experienced, it's just a little drop in the bucket compared to the mercies that we will, we will have yet future. How do I know that? Because we're saved in three tenses. We are saved, past tense. That's called justification. The moment we are saved, we are saved. We are justified in the presence of the Lord. But you know, also there's another tense of salvation. You're only saved, but you're being saved. And that is that the Holy Spirit is working out God's work and God's character in us. But there's also a third tense. 
though we are saved, we're being saved, but in some verses, it's you will be saved. And that's what Romans called glorification. We're justified and we're sanctified. But one day when we stand in the presence of the Lord, we will be glorified. And that is that final, completed stage of salvation. And I believe that when we stand in his presence and receive the full measure of his mercies, it will be beyond comprehension. It will be exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or even that we can think. It will be the fullness of mercy. And in this life, let me say it this way. Christians receive special mercies. We as the people of God receive the special mercy of the Lord. Let me say it this way. In other words, mercy was offered and, and we received it and got more mercy. So, so we as God's children have a mercy that the lost don't have. But we have to acknowledge the lost have general mercies. You know, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. You know, when, it, when it rains, it doesn't just rain on saved people's yards. It rains on everyone's yard. Someone that blasphemes God, it rains on his yard. Someone that hates God, it rains on his yard. It's mercy. God is merciful to all of us, even though most don't realize it. But one day, we're going to enter into the fullness of mercy. That's going to be in eternity. When the Father of mercy will unfold all that he's wanted to do for time and eternity. And so shall we ever be in the joys of the Lord. His mercies today. I want us to stand. I want our worship team to come back and I want you to, that song, I think you know the one that I'm talking about. I want you to stand. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your great name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just take a moment, if you can, and just slip a hand up. Maybe both hands and just begin to thank him for his mercies in your life. We bless you, O oh God. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your compassion. Thank you for your grace today. Hallelujah. We bless your great name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for your mercy, oh God. You've been merciful to our sins. You've been merciful to watch over us like Psalm 121 says. You've been merciful. Lord, you've been compassionate. You've been tender with us, Lord. Thank you for your mercies. I want us to sing this song as we just meditate on the mercy and let the, the Lord just take this message and just let him settle it in our hearts today. Let's begin to sing.
the promises of fulfillment all over my life. All of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You lead my heart to victory. You are my strength and you always will be. I've seen the evidence of your goodness all over my life. It's all over my life. for your mercy your mercy is great and your grace is free thank you Father I ask you to dispense continue to dispense mercy upon Trinity Life Church that we keep our eyes on the mercy of our Lord Jesus unto eternal life
And we believe that we're going to see the evidence of God's mercy through this. Every mountain shall be moved. Every trial shall be mitigated because of your mercy. You're all that we need, Jesus. And we submit our lives and this body to your hands. To your will and to your purpose. Lord, you are a sovereign God and nothing takes you by surprise. And we exalt mercy today. You said you take pleasure in those who hope in your mercy. And that's where our hope is today. It's in your mercy. And we believe that through your mercy, every prayer which we have cried to you will be answered. And every need shall be met abundantly. And we shall rejoice in the mercies of our God. And we shall testify of your great goodness and your faithfulness. Because in your mercy, you watch over us. And all of God's people said, Amen.